0: Christianity has spent the last 2,000 years telling everyone they're separated from God.
1: This is Not Church with John and Nat Turney. Hey everybody, uh, this is Nat Turney uh, with my brother John. And uh, man, we just want to welcome you back to another awesome episode of This Is Not Church. Um, today's guest is one of my favorite people on the planet. And I know I, I feel like a broken record because I've said that about so many people, um, but I'm so... Uh, incredibly humbled and honored that the people I've reached out to are the people that I think the most of. And by and large, they have just been so willing to give of their time. Uh, it's such a, such a neat thing when people you respect, um, turn out to be the people you think that they are. And that's, that's been the case, uh, so far. And this, this man, David Hayward is, is no exception at all. Um, he's known as the naked pastor, although, um, sadly for whatever reason, he's clothed today. I don't understand (laughs) what's going on here, but I mean, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but you are, you know, you are well-dressed and fully <laughs> clothed. So drunk, yeah. what the hell, man? <laughs> we'll get into the naked pastor part of that in a second. I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I understand what you mean by that, but we'll let you save. Uh, but I'm just going to, I want to give you a quick rundown of who, who this man is. Um, after 30 years in the church, uh, David left the ministry to pursue his passion for art. Uh, Naked pastor uses words and images to challenge the status quo, deconstruct dogma, and offer hope for those who struggle and suffer under it. David's no stranger to belief system. He holds a master's in theological studies, as well as diplomas in religious studies and ministry and university teaching. His art expresses the stories and struggles of spiritual refugees. And I love the way I, I love that spiritual refugees and independent thinkers who question, doubt or oppose the confines of religion. Each piece encourages difficult conversations and acts as a catalyst for critical thinking. He's an artist and a writer who supports LGBTQ plus people and groups, BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color, right? and women artists, creatives, journalists, and more, and encourages others to do the same. So welcome, David. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me here. I'm glad to be here. And hi, everybody out there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, man, let's just, uh, let's just jump into this thing. Uh, i I think one of the things that, that I find the most interesting about you, and I don't know that a lot of people are, are aware is what an accomplished artist you are. Uh, sometimes we tend to look at people who draw fairly simple cartoons and go, oh, cartoonist, which is an art form all its own. I'd never underestimate the difficulty of distilling something down to a single image, but, um. But man, you're a you're a talented artist in other mediums as well. Talk about talk about your background in art.
0: Well, you know what, my background in art is I, I'm self-taught. So I, I you know I, I I took art classes and stuff in high school, and and um, I enjoyed it very much. But I, I watched my dad paint. He was an oil painter, uh, oil on board and things. But uh, he would do the odd watercolor, and I I can remember not drawing. Ever, and and painting watercolors, I wasn't, I I didn't really enjoy oil paint or acrylic paint that much, but I I loved watercolors. So, I've, I've been drawing and painting my my whole life, and uh, I so that's my background basically. You know, I, I I could have gone into art into college, but I chose you know uh, theology and Bible and things like that instead. So, yeah, it's, and I've been doing that. You know I, I was painting and so on um and sharing that on my blog way back in the early 2000s and then um i was inspired by uh i really love a good cartoon like yeah. especially like a one frame cartoon like you know Farside right. or the new yorker or or things like that a good one frame cartoon i really love the the punch of that and so i was one day i just thought hey you know i can I'm going to try that. You know, I'm an artist. I'm going to try drawing cartoons. I think it was 2006. And I challenged myself to draw a cartoon every day until I ran out of ideas. I thought I'd last a month if that. <laughs> and here I am, you know, what, 15 years later still drawing cartoons. So that's become my, my um, medium of choice for um, sharing my, my message. Wow. Wow.
1: Oh, so what was your uh, what was your what was your spiritual background like then you said you went to college for theology and Bible and stuff did you go into ministry after that
0: yeah like um i I was raised in a Christian home and we went to church of all kinds i was I was born baptized Anglican um, which is episcopal down there right and I'm in Canada by the way and um, you know we just went to the nearest church. You know, we weren't very particular about what denomination or whatever. But when I was in my mid-teens, I got, like, real born-again. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And a Baptist youth group. And ended up we ended up, as a family, going to the Baptist church. And then um, eventually we ended up at the Pentecostal church in town. And I ended up going to Pentecostal Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And that's where I met my wife, Lisa, who is from Alabama met her at at, uh, Central Bible College. Then from there, when I graduated from there, we went to Gordon-Conwell in Boston area, and that's where I got my Master's in Theology under Dr. Gordon Fee. And then, you know, I I was planning on going for my PhD in New Testament. I started it at the University of Toronto, but we got pregnant instead (laughs) like halfway through the semester and realized we just couldn't do this financially, and I ended up um, kind of by accident, going and becoming a student minister in a Presbyterian church, and uh, yeah, I and I eventually got ordained there, and eventually served the Presbyterian church for, you know, a long while. And then when I when I left there, I ended up in the Vineyard Church. I don't know if you guys yeah. have heard of the oh, Vineyard. Yeah. So that's where I uh, served the church. It was in the Vineyard in Canada for many years until I left the ministry in 2010.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. It sounds like your, like your background's a lot like John's in mine, you know, just sort of bounced around a little bit. We've got a little smattering of everything, you know, some pretty traditional yeah. um, sort of mainline denomination, but we found the Pentecostal movement, you know, in the mid eighties, I think it was probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now yeah. I, I, and then I found, and then I found the Pente- Pentecostal Pentecostal movement, like the holy rollers down the road after I had moved away. And uh Yeah and, I, yeah. and I, it was weird because even though i had this thing in my head of sometimes that 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 desire to go back to a more traditional church structure um, right. I, I never did i always saw the value of it but i couldn't quite get myself past the the sheer boredom of it all and so <laughs> i gravitated towards you know laser light shows and rock concerts i'm like wow, yeah i think if jesus had a church it'd be like this
0: <laughs> yeah well but, you know um that's funny uh i Like I said, like Lisa and I met in the Pentecostal church. Yeah. I was uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. She was Assemblies of God in in the U.S. And um, the Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri was Assembly of God. And so, you know, uh, but when I went to seminary, my theology started to change and I became more interested in theology and especially Reformed theology, uh, biblical studies. I studied Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, all that stuff. Uh, theological French, theological German, blah, 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 and I I just fell in love with uh, Reformed theologians such as Karl Barth and Mm -hmm. and others. And um, so I served the church in that capacity as a pastor, uh, but I, I, I was like you, I missed the passion, yeah, and and the music and the liveliness of the Pentecostal church. Lisa and I both did, so that's why we ended up in the vineyard. And the vineyard church we actually ended up in had this really cool mix of good teaching and uh, the passionate kind of worship music. Yeah. And and you know, it was, it was always kind of uh, it's always kind of a joke. Would you rather be? Would you rather try to light wet wood, or would you rather try to? you know, put out a fire. Wow. Like that's kind of the choice uh, that was always put before me. In the Presbyterian church, I always felt like I was trying to light wet wood. Right. And um, in a Pentecostal church or in the vineyard, I always felt like I was trying to put out fire. (laughs) Yeah. So it was that, you know, but it's more exciting. Yeah, for sure. Trying to put out a fire.
1: (laughs) Very sure. I agree with that 100%. (laughs) Uh, what do you think, John? What you got, man? Well,
2: I mean, I, I just want to jump into some of the stuff on on your art because I'm just, uh, first of all, I'm just blown away that you can that you can do this on a daily basis. Uh, I, hmm. I I admire anybody art artistically across the board. I don't care if it's drawing, music, writing, anything that you if you can stay focused to to put out something every day. I mean, I I kind of half jokingly um, made a comment that I was going to write a poem every day, and that literally lasted a week. And then I... I, It's not that I don't want to write. I just... um, I couldn't come up with something that I felt was worthy of putting out there. More than... Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... Well, you know, I... I I, I experienced that. I mean, you
0: know, I I have thousands of cartoons out there now, right? I mean, if you draw one a day, that's 365 a year. And I've been doing this for 15 years, so do the math... And then on top of that, I've got my Images of Christ and my Sophia drawings and other like watercolor paintings and things like that. Um, But, you know, of my cartoons, there might be, like if I was to do a best of this book, like some people want me to do like a coffee table book of the best of Naked Pasture, I might be lucky to get 200 or or something that are really, really, I think are good, you know, and the rest are,
2: you know, okay. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah. everything you put out there is thought provoking, and that, I think that's really you know uh, this idea of dissident art, right? Of, of getting into this uh, like the undercurrent of the problem uh, within, be it politics or religion. Um, I mean, you kind of you kind of went where I was going a little bit. But one of the questions I was gonna ask is just how do you how do you motivate yourself? Because I'm sure there's days. I mean, I'm sure Nat is an artist. I'm an artist, you know, musician-wise mostly. But uh, there are days where you just Flat out don't want to do this. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. how do you how do you motivate yourself to uh, to to put a, a, a cartoon out, out every day?
0: Well, I'm I feel very very fortunate that uh, I, I really like your phrase dissident art. I was trying to open up my iPad to write that down so I wouldn't forget <laughs> it. I'm very fortunate that I do what I do, and and people are are buying my books yeah. and my courses and my art and things so that. I can sit around on my ass for a couple hours thinking of an idea. <laughs> right. <okay. laughs> you know, like True. a lot of people, a lot of people can't do that. They've got a right. job. They've got kids. They've got you know, whatever. Um, but Lisa and I are here alone, and our kids are grown up, moved out, and uh, I do this full time, so I can I can sit around waiting for a good idea to, sh- to strike me. Literally. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, whereas. You know, before the, the, you know, for many people, the, the, the axe is ready to fall at any moment, uh, you know, with their work or family or, or whatever. But um, the half of the battle, well, maybe 90% of the battle is just putting yourself there, like sitting down with your pen right. or your pencil or whatever you use, your guitar, just like sitting down and just sitting there and wait. And that's what I do. I just, I just sit there and, and wait until an, an idea comes. Like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like a job. I'm passionate about it. I love yeah. it. I enjoy what I do. It makes me happy. I have a lot of fun, but I have to, like anybody with any job, I have to put my ass in the chair and wait. Yeah. Now I have to actually do that's the work. Yeah. So the rest yeah. is, you know, cream. Um, when, when the idea comes, it just starts flowing. Right. So it's the same with my watercolor painting. Um, I sit down, I don't have a really a forethought. Um, and I just, like, I do this, the things. Right. I get my water ready. Yeah. I get my brushes ready. I tape down the paper. I, you know, I choose maybe a palette or whatever. Right. Um, maybe I'll come up with an idea and then I just go. Yeah. And, and so it's that's basically, I really, I think Woody Allen said 90% of the, or 99% of the, of life is just showing up. And I think that's the same with, with, uh, with our, our, our uh, craft. And
1: if if you haven't had a chance to, um, to see some of David's watercolors, um, I'm going to point you back to his website as often as I can. It's just nakedbastor.com, right, David? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, be prepared to be kind of blown away. Um, Thank if, you. You, if all you've seen is, um, is If all you've seen is cartoons, you might not understand, and that again, I don't want to dismiss that because that's they're 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 dissident they're very thought provoking they're all of these things, but man, there's so much cool depth to the watercolor paintings <laughs> um and i'll I'll tell my quick david Hayward story that i I was perusing through your gallery one day, and there was a i actually think you might have posted this painting specifically um and it's a, basically a, a a view from the ground looking up through trees right and it's just getting dark- mm-hmm. And, uh, it, I don't know if you were inside my head or if you were, you know, whatever, <laughs> but my, but my wife and I have this memory that we both share of, of, laying out on the trampoline that my kids used to play on in the backyard as, as night is beginning to fall. And we're looking up through the trees of our backyard Yeah, and it's cool. like, I bought that for her. I'm like, awesome. I need to have that. I have the original at my house. Awesome. I had it framed for our anniversary. I'm like, and as soon as she saw it, she said the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah. that's like when the kids would go to bed and we'd sneak out into the backyard and yeah. we'd look up through the trees, and um, so uh, yeah. I don't know. I personally just want to thank you for that because it, it's such a cool thing, It still hangs in our house, and we love oh, it.
0: And uh, thank you. But um, I appreciate that. I love it when people buy my heart. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but it, no, it's 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 uh, you know I, I get people um, sending me mean comments or making mean comments or whatever messages, oh, yeah. and um, you know I'll I'll draw a cartoon, and I am not trying to achieve any artistic. Greatness through my cartoons. I'm trying to convey a message, right? right? So, yeah. you know, and I'll have somebody come on and say, "You call this art? My four year old could have drawn better than that, or something, right?" Like <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's like, well, <laughs> Maybe. great, you know, <laughs> great, good for him. Like, uh, keep encouraging him <laughs> in his art. But I mean, um it's it's. uh I'm just trying to convey a message, and I really do like. I could go all full on color and shading and all that, but I found my most punchy cartoons that get get to the juggler quicker are just my plain just black and yeah. white line drawings yeah and um they just you know <laughs> they're fun to draw i can sometimes they're pretty quick to draw but uh you know they they deliver a punch that's why i do yeah. it i mean yeah. i i used to blog 300 500 800 1000 words and you know, I know people are maybe starting to read and they get bored or disagree and they scroll on. But with one of my cartoons, it, it's too late. You can't unsee it in a split <laughs> second. It, it's in your head.
1: It's sabotage. Yeah.
2: I love it. Well, I mean, yeah. also, you know, speaking from someone who can't draw, I, I can't draw. So this idea that your art, because it's line drawing or stick figure or whatever you want to call it, is somehow juvenile or less than is absolutely ridiculous because I cannot, I can't, I can't draw what you draw. Um, if I was to draw what you're drawing, it 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 wouldn't come across the way you do it. There's, there's heart behind it. There's thought behind it. It's there's provoking, you you provoke like a reaction and, um, that, that wouldn't happen. I mean, there's more to just what you're doing than just putting lines on paper. And, um, Right. So the detractors can, you know, they can, they can pounce in, but uh, <laughs> yeah, for well, sure. <laughs> you know, like I, I
0: purposely draw them the way I draw them. Like I, I could try to draw more realistically or I, I spent a long time choosing what my characters would look like, you know, so I ended up with the oval or round head and that, that's just the way I, I do it. And yeah. and so there's other cartoonists I really like, like in the New Yorker yeah. or, i i I follow a few cartoonists like on Twitter or on Instagram or so on, and they're and they're accomplished artists, but if you look at their cartoons they're very they look like they were drawn by a child, yeah, but they're doing that on purpose you know and and some of the most powerful cartoons out there are poorly drawn i mean
2: oh for sure
0: you know what right. I mean they look poorly drawn whereas they they were intentionally drawn that way, although One of my favorite cartoonists, he he's he's dead now, is John Callahan. Um, you know the guy in the wheelchair who who drew with his uh, the pen in his mouth. Um and his cartoons are obviously, you know, they look like they were drawn by a a child. Yeah. But he was was full on um, disabled. Um, from a car accident, and but his cartoons are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and they just deliver a punch. Yeah. And the, part of it, the it comes in that package of being, you know, poorly drawn or simply drawn. Yeah. Let's say yeah. that simply drawn. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I have I have found that um, you know, my dad is a is a writer, and uh, my dad my dad excels at short stories. Oh, cool. Um, and short stories are. Tough. They are tough. They man. are hard. I mean, try to get your point across in a story in a few pages, and try to make something that that packs a punch. Yeah, um, and not have 200 pages to develop it is an art form, all of its it own. Is. It absolutely and so I, is. So I liken a lot of what you do to that that sort of storytelling. How much information can I pack into one single frame? And then make sure it's got a punch. The one of your, one of my favorite ones recently that you did is literally just a bar graph. It's not even a bar graph. It's just a graph that goes from left to right, right? Yeah. And uh, you've done a couple versions of it. I think you can do a hundred versions of it.
0: But yeah, yeah. It started More out with <laughs> what
1: what it, what, it, what grabbed me was we just had had this conversation on a podcast a few weeks ago with uh, with a psychology um, professor or almost a almost a doctoral graduate of, of psychology, a friend of ours. And I, I remember asking her, you know. Speaking of deconstruction, speaking of going through some of this process that a lot of us have gone through, does, does the degree to which we right, really bought into something, does that translate into how hard it is or how painful it is to deconstruct? And you came out with that cartoon. And I was like, yeah, he gets it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly it. How I mean, that that is an absolute straight line graph. Yeah. The stuff that I had sort of tangentially believed in was no problem to kick away. Um, yeah. The stuff that was more firmly ingrained, man, it had to be rooted out sometimes. And yeah. It was painful.
0: Yeah.
1: But the other one, explain the other one I thought was funnier, was the one about being a
2: dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, love right, graph,
2: right? <laughs> I love that cartoon. Same graph,
0: right? <laughs> I love that cartoon. Yeah, so what, on one, one side of the axis is um, how holy you think you are. Right, right, right. And then the other one is how much of a dick you are. <laughs> <laughs> it no, no, it's all. How holy you think you are? The more yeah. holy you think you are, the more of a dick you are. That's generally, <laughs> that's universally true. Yeah.
1: Uh, absolutely, yes. yeah. I mean, you can do the same thing with like certainty. Like the more certain somebody is about something, I'm like, oh, I'm over you, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, and it can yeah. be anything. You yeah. could be certain that the Rolling Stones are the best rock band that ever existed, and I'm done talking to you because it's just it's no fun anymore.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, that's that's another one of my graph cartoons where I have. On one axis is uncertainty, yeah, and on this axis, wisdom. And oh, the wow. Arrow goes like yeah. that. Oh, see, look oh. at that.
1: I mean, yeah. it does. It, I, I love it, man. I, I do love that your art is instantly recognizable. Yeah. And I wonder if you've noticed that people are trying desperately to copy some of it.
0: Well, it's better than it's better than stealing it and wow. erasing my name from it and, and posting then, it and then changing as it. It's yours. Yeah. No, not changing it. But I've, I've seen
1: done. some people change some stuff that you have. Maybe you draw a cartoon that is pro, you know, or affirming of LGBTQ people, and they've stolen it and then hijacked the message to make it look. Oh, that's
0: oh. infuriating, and there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I I report it or whatever, yeah. and people like to, you know, I get a report back. This doesn't violate our standards. Like, like it should. It should. Yeah. Um, yeah, the most heartbreaking one was of, uh, I. Th- this is an interesting cartoon where Jesus is carrying back a white sheep. The original is him carrying back a white sheep. And um, the, the rest of the flock are like, whoa, 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 he wasn't lost. We kicked him out. Mm. That was the original cartoon. Right. Um. Then somebody said, Oh, you should draw that with the uh, rainbow colors, the sh- rainbow sheep. So that I did that. I, yeah. I drew the sheep Jesus carrying back and they're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. He wasn't lost. We kicked him out. That has, that has some power yes, too. Then somebody sure. said, Oh, you should do a transgender sheep. So I did the transgender sheep. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he wasn't lost. We kicked him out. And, and then Jesus says, I know, but I found her. So oh, I, wow. I changed the pronouns, and then there's four variations of that, right? right? Yeah. So then, uh, you know, to incorporate all the all the pronoun possibilities. And then um, somebody took that cartoon, and there's a new, really gross movement out that started on 4chan of, uh, they call themselves super straights. Wow.
1: What the hell does that mean?
0: It just means that. Uh, they are s- super straight and they will only um, have sex with another super straight person in other words they're basically transphobic so they they um, won't sleep with a transgender male or, or transgender woman and and so they call themselves super straight and they they, they they're trying to, get approved as a sexual orientation and all this kind of, but basically it's just transphobic. So what they did was they took the, the sheep that Jesus is carrying and applied the super straight colors, which I think are black and brown and white or something. And um they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Jesus is like, I'm, you know, I'm bringing them back into the fold. You know, it's like totally twisted. Wow. My original, the, the original meaning of that. And I reported that and tons of people reported that. It was very disturbing because people knew that's Naked Pastor cartoon. What's I thought he was on our side, right? Yeah, right? For sure, because they didn't take my name off. Oh wow! Oh, so um, in that case, so yeah, I was a mess. That was a mess. Oh, that sucks.
1: I, I remember being part of a Facebook group several years back, and we loved you, and so we talked about you. And anytime we found somebody had misappropriated one of your cartoons, we'd just go and troll the shit out of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we just go, you know what? Yeah, everyone. Approval.
1: Scream over. The, and we'd send 20, 30 people over, just get all like roll up gangster style. Awesome. Of these People like, hey, this is theft. You're stealing. You suck. Man, I'm
0: and deputizing uh, you guys. Awesome. Yeah, no, for sure.
1: <laughs> I mean, um, I anyway, that just that just drives me nuts. And I know it must break your heart. That well, I, I know.
0: I, another cartoon, like uh, my cartoon, this just happened today. I'm dealing with it right now. Like, not right now while I'm talking to you guys, but this morning. <laughs> right? Um, where they took one of my cartoons and they, Took out the English and they put in um, Spanish, which I'm all I'm okay with that. Sure. If you want to take my cartoon and literally translate it into your language, perfect. You have you have a green light. Go for it, and I'm I'm really happy about that. But they they took uh, they changed the language, uh, but they took my name out and they put N Pastor. Instead of naked pastor. So I'm wondering if there, there's a thing about the naked part. Right. Maybe they were uncomfortable with that. So they, they, they took the naked pastor out and put N pastor, whatever huh. that means. I don't know. Well, that's
1: a good segue though. Let's, let's talk about the naked pastor thing. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's, that's the, that's the, uh, the elephant in the room, the naked elephant sitting here. <laughs>
0: Naked <laughs> white elephant at that.
1: I'm going to guess that, and I, I'm a Spanish speaker somewhat, and so oh, I wonder cool. if the word desnudo in Spanish carries the same sort of meaning that you mean. I think when you talk about yourself as the naked pastor. But um, g- give us a, give us a little thing.
0: Well, um, well uh, I actually started the nakedpastor.com uh, yeah. back in 2005 or something. I I, I won the domain name in an auction. Oh, wow. I think I paid $70 for it or something crazy. And uh, I I, I chose that name because I was actually pastor of a local congregation, of a church, and I wanted people to see what the life of a pastor was really like. I was going to tell them about not only my, you know, all the souls saved and all the wonderful worship and all this kind of stuff, right? I wanted them to see behind the curtain just to get a glimpse at what a life of a pastor was like in dealing with conflict, financial struggles, having a fight with my wife, you know, my kids not being good, well-behaving pastor's kids. You know, oh, I wanted them to see everything. And and so that's why I chose the name Naked, meaning unadorned. You're going to see everything. It's going to be raw, real, vulnerable, transparent, honest. And um, so that's why I, I chose the name Naked Pastor. Like, Remember naked chef and naked archaeologists and the naked truth, all that essentially conveys the same idea of, of just being real and raw and unadorned. So that's what it means. And I'm, I'm a very PG guy. I'm very modest. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, uh, you know, that's, it's harmless. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: and it's, and it is a little. It is a little provocative, which I think is great. And I think it's the point. It, it begs the question, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think so much of so much of what you do as an artist, um, what I appreciate is I don't feel like you're clobbering people over the head with stuff. I think you're leading and you're guiding them to ask yeah. big questions. You know? Well, and,
0: I used to, you know, th- that's another aspect of being naked, um, vulnerable, is uh, that I never want to come across as somebody who's arrived. So I always want to give people a glimpse into my journey. I'm in progress. I'm in process. I'm not, I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm on a journey. And so I want people to, if you go back through my blog, you'll see that I've, I have journeyed to, to be where I am. So you're always going to get a glimpse of, of where I'm at. So yeah, sometimes my posts are angry or, or depressing or, uh, retaliatory or, you know, you know, but I want people to see that, yeah. you yeah. know, I did go through an angry phase with the church and my cartoons. I look back then I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, it's kinda, yeah. It's, that's kind of, that's kind of raw, you know, but that was, that was who I was at that time. And I wanted, I want people to know when you deconstruct or when you leave the church, you know, this is what it might look like for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's fair. I mean, I have your, I have, I had forgotten. I actually have this book. Oh, cool! Um, that um, you didn't send me, but um, you still signed it, which I thought was great. So I have a, I have a signed copy of this book that I won in a, in a drawing online. Isn't that crazy? Oh. Um, and I can't remember what Facebook group it was part of. But they're like, hey, you know, send us an entry for this drawing, and I ended up winning twenty books, and one of these was like, oh, that's so great. But I love oh, the title.
0: Was a lot of okay, I remember that. Yeah, like that. twenty,
1: like twenty sixteen. Right, so wow. yeah, um, but it says you know the title is questions are the answer. Yeah, and it um, it's just so weird because so much of my life in the last probably five to seven years has been not in pursuit of answers, but in pursuit of better questions. Yeah, right. Like we're not even asking the right questions. Right, and so um, for me, so often what happens is the questions are asked, and what what rather than certainties and answers, what I get are okay, that's a good start. Right uh, now, ask this question. That's the better question. Okay, and right. that leads to a better question. And I'm so enamored right now, and I'm so in love with with mystery and uncertainty in the sense that I, I I don't feel the pressure to know stuff. Right, you know. And as a pastor, that's a that's a that's a satisfying place to be because I don't feel the pressure to tell all my people, "Oh, come to me for the answers." Please, dear God, don't.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. like let's let's let's
1: hash this out together. But but
0: that that has that has. Um really good roots in Christ- Christian tradition, like with the cloud of unknowing, for example. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even know who the author was, but the cloud of unknowing is a classic, a Christian classic of a that kind of Christian mysticism, right? The via negativa, the 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 way of unknowing. And um so it's not like uh we're ignorant or stupid or we refuse to believe anything. It's actually a way of being spiritual, of, of uh, embracing mystery and knowing that the word is not the thing yeah, and that the idea is not the thing, that yeah. these are just signs, symbols, approximations, uh, attempting to point the finger at what's beyond that. And that's what we're interested in. We're interested in what is beyond the word? What is beyond the idea? What is, you know, uh, or who, you know, we, that's what uh, we're passionate about. And yeah. and care about, and it's a legitimate Christian tradition as well, yeah. you know. when you you read um, like Christian mystics such as um, Meister Eckhart, mm-hmm. a German mystic, Christian theologian in the 1200s, I think it was. Um, you know, fascinating stuff. And you know, you know you have philosophers kind of speaking the same language, like with Hegel and and so on, and and another modern philosopher living Slavoj Zizek. Who quotes, you know, wrestles with Meister Eckhart all the time, and then you've got your quantum physicists like Carlo Rovelli, his his book um, Seven Brief Lessons in Physics, for example. Uh, It's when there's all they're all kind of talking the same language, and so yeah, absolutely, Um, mystery is is not a, a surrender or giving up. No, no, it's an actual way of being.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's the more honest approach. You know, sadly, a lot of the Western evangelical church has decided that mystery only applies to things they don't want to talk about. Right. Yeah. And so that's the that's the label they slap on things that when you begin to question stuff like the Trinity, that doesn't make any sense. And they go, Ah, it's a mystery. Yeah. You go, No, yeah. it's actually worth diving into. It it is absolutely mysterious. I and I haven't heard a good <laughs> explanation yet. But um, but by all means let's talk right. about it you know mm, yeah. um, you mentioned Karl Barth earlier um I had a question cuz you also mentioned that you studied biblical German and French and so here's my here's my burning question about Barth okay yeah cuz god help me i've tried and i love him um, but is he easier to read in German cuz the english versions are so hard to get through Oh, German. listen i did i made, it, <laughs> oh, I made
0: it no i made it through one semester and so <laughs> you know and then lisa you know Got pregnant and I helped. Okay, I was, just I was curious. involved. <laughs> you but, uh, with, with the pregnancy or, or with never mind. That's a, that's a, that's a no. personal question. But okay, I, I I love Bart and I love Bart well. too. I, and um, I'm I'm part of uh, some Bartian groups on yeah, Facebook yeah. and things like that. And then like last year, the year before, when the his letters came out that were finally released after his death and revealed that he had a full on. Love affair with his uh, with his uh, personal assistant, remember? Um, and um, basically, had a his wife was fully knowledgeable, and you know there was this kind of threesome thing going on. And uh, people just, you know, gave up on Bart.
1: A lifetime's worth of work. One of the most important theologians of the twentieth century, bar none, and. It's, yeah, nah, that's too bad. I mean, it's a, uh, I, but I find, like I said, I have to read. I have, I actually bought a book once. It was just called like Carl Bart for Dummies, and that helped a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> he sends me to my dictionary way more often than I'd like to. I'm like, oh man, what does that word mean? Yeah, well, now? you
0: know what? It is, you know, more than his, you know, dogmatics, um, his, which are, you know, fascinating to read anyway. And, and, uh, you know, he even said, I should have made the footnotes, the body, and the body, the footnotes for sure. But um, his book on uh, his commentary on Romans changed my life. So changed my life, man. And um, it it was a profound um, turning point for me when I read that, and I'll be forever grateful for that.
1: Wow what was What was it kind of about that about that commentary that that got you?
0: Well. You know, he himself said, "Like it, it changed the whole theological world." Yeah. And he said, it, "You know, he compared himself to a, a boy climbing up the bell tower and tripping and falling and accidentally grabbing the bell rope <laughs> and ringing the bell that rang throughout the land." Right. Right. And uh, and and that's what he compared it to. He totally tripped on it, but just the uh, the sovereignty, the how. The, the mystery of God, yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, our attempts to to uh, understand it as as individuals and as a community. Mm-hmm. Just he just does it so well in that book, and it's not that big; it's only like this, you know, yeah. paperback. Hmm. And um, it it was just, yeah, Good. just profound. And Good. you know, the whole idea of grace and 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 compassion and and love, you just. Nobody says better.
2: Yeah,
1: frankly. No, and, uh, as you're sitting there talking about Bart, I'm staring at my at my at my copies of Dogmatics.
0: <laughs> and have a, you have the copies.
1: I do, and they're and they're they're taunting me from my bookshelf. Like, yeah, you're never going to read us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, they were originally published uh, with white covers, and he called it the White Elephant. Because it's yeah. so friggin' huge,
1: it's so huge. It's like, it literally takes up a whole shelf of my bookshelf in my study, and I'm like, all right, I feel smart just having them, but I, <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually accomplished going through them yet. Yeah. Um, little bits of the time, I do I do use them for research? I've I've you know written papers and stuff. But hey, before I forget, let's have some questions from our our Facebook group. You call cool that, John? Yeah, yeah. Let me know if I if I'm hijacking. I, I feel like sometimes I ramble, and John's like, well, anytime you let me talk, man. I'm like, John is John is not the engineer. So
2: oh, is that, that what? Yeah. Are you? Pastor John? No, I'm a former associate pastor, but I, I, I'm i no longer I'm no longer associated with the church. But yeah, see, that's the difference.
1: <laughs> I have to talk, and he's willing to sit there and let me. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, my my I have an assistant pastor, and he's great, and he's he's one of my first questions, but. Um, it was his turn to preach, and I did one little part of the of the service that morning. Right. Um, I'm like, well, I'll I'll do I'll do communion, all right. And then I talked for 15 minutes about communion. I'm like, never let the preacher have the microphone. Just it just I just can't help it. But uh, so Todd, my friend Todd Mullen, asks this question. He says, uh, and I think this is pretty interesting. But what um, what should evangelism, if that's even a relevant term, what should that look like? And I have a caveat to that question. I want to know if you ever see your Cartoons as evangelistic, in a sense. But What do you think? Have we have we lost the plot on what that word even means?
0: Uh, one of my cartoons is uh, uh, one of uh, it's a, one of those bottom ocean fish, you yeah. know, with the big keys, yeah. and they've got that yeah. Yeah, that light <laughs> that thing pink that and, and there's a little orange fish in <laughs> yeah, front, tempted and, <laughs> and I call it evangelism. <laughs> and th- this is something we. More and more people are talking about I don't know if you know Jill Loyman. on mm-hmm. um, she's a uh, a woman from uh, her lineage, I think is from South America tribe. and she talks a lot about um, racism and um, deconstruction. and a lot of people follow her as a deconstructionist yeah. uh, and uh, but she's profound, very smart and. Challenges the church and Christians on, you know, things like racism and stuff. And she also talks a lot about colonization. Yeah. Oh wow! And um, that's where the that's where the discussion is when we're talking about evangelism. Yeah, is colonization yeah. where I think I need to somehow persuade you to think the way I do, and if not, you need to be destroyed. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Basically, that's that's the you know the old style of Christian evangelism. That's basically what it was. Either you convert to my way of thinking or you're going to hell. Right. Yeah. And, and that's colonization. So that's where the real discussion needs to be.
1: That's a good, um,
0: yeah, I love that. And if, if we want to, I'm not really interested in changing people's minds so much because, um, Although I am, where, where, <laughs> right. where we immediately want to see changes in our, in our behavior. We want to see more equality and justice for everyone yeah. and so on. And that obviously trickles down from ideas, but you know, that's, that's if, if we can spread justice and compassion and inclusion and affirmation and, and all that, that, that to me is what um, we should be spreading rather than just uh, theological ideas about yeah. who's in and who's right. out um, and colonizing others to our way of thinking.
2: Well, I mean um, like we've discussed that and I've discussed before um, I no longer label myself as a uh, Christian because I feel like the, okay. the word has been hijacked. Um, and um, yes. do you feel like maybe the, the word evangelism has been hijacked because it, it, it means something, it, it has a very specific meaning, but now it means something like you're saying, now it means colonization. Now it means, um, and is it, is it even can we even get it back? I mean, is it is it lost? Well,
0: you know, I'm, I'm with you there because uh, there's a lot of words I don't use. Like when pe- when people say, do you believe in God? Man, that comes with a lot of baggage when you yeah, ask me that right. or like, I'm, I have a lot of cartoons about that. I have a lot of cartoons about labels. Um, the labels are on the outside pointing right. out It's for other people to. Yeah, you know, right. I don't need a label for myself. Because I know what's on the inside, I don't need the label. Mm-hmm. The label is for other people, but I don't worry about that. Uh, that's their problem. I let other people worry about where to peg me or where to put right. me. Right. I can't even say the word peg anymore because that's just not a good word to use anymore. But uh, people are going to try to understand who I am by different kinds of right. labels, and I, I don't worry about that. That's that's their problem. But yeah, evangelism—you know—we all know originally means the good right. news. Um but it's it's not good news anymore it's it's a good plan yeah it's like here's here's the steps you need to follow in order to enjoy the good news instead of just the good news, which was originally God loves everybody. yeah, go figure you're everybody's everybody's in now. yeah, everybody's God's children. That was originally the good news. It was yeah. a report news report
1: That's exactly right. That's N.T. Wright says it like this, and uh, I'll paraphrase him, but N.T. Wright essentially says the good news is the announcement that the kingdom of God has come, that right. something has happened, the result right. of which everything is different. Right.
0: Perfect. Well, we've, we've turned it into a, a good offer.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because we uh, we had a good conversation. I had a good conversation once with Brad Jersak talking about that good verse friend. in the Bible that says that, that, that grace has come, you know, has been basically, there's a verse that says it's been offered and he's like, you know, actually, that's not in the original text. It just says grace has come. The saving grace has come. And we have inserted this like has come, and we've sort of couched it in offer terms. Yeah. And we've made it look like a really good, hey, you don't want to miss this. It's going to yeah. be good. 90% yeah. off salvation, but you still yeah. got to put your 10% in, man. You know, yeah. now with now with 18% yeah. more grace or, um, yeah. yeah. it's. But, but the other part of that coin, though, too, is that um, the term evangelical now, Um, is so associated with not any sort of religious movement, but now it's a voting block. You know, now it's a political movement, right? Right. It's ruined. It's ruined. I don't know that it's 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 recoverable. I don't think it's redeemable. I won't use it anymore. Um, I'm a little more dogmatic and steadfast about the term Christian because I just feel like I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm going to take it back. But there might come a time when it's irredeemable as well. Although, you know, go back to the original church and they never used that term for themselves anyway. So, no,
0: it was it was a label applied to them as right. followers of Jesus or Christ, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, I, I I say my my homes in Christianity, but I got cottages everywhere.
1: Yeah, oh, I like and,
0: that. Um, it's in my DNA. I'm yeah. not going to try and you know comb it out. Yeah. It's yeah. part of who I am. That's and and I'm not embarrassed by it or ashamed of it. It's it's part of my story, but. Yeah. It's, it's for me, the Christianity where it started as a, a very small kind of a thing now is it's, it's helped me to be embracing of all things. So, yeah. um, that's why, you know, I, 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 respect my roots and, um, I don't wish to sever myself from them. I think that would be unhealthy and, uh, not wise. And this is, this is a part of our growth. Right.
2: So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who said it, but, um, someone, uh, now when someone asks if they're a Christian, they ask, well, what do you think Christian, what, what's, what, what does Christianity yeah. mean to you? And then from, and from their definition, then you can either say, yeah, I wanted them or absolutely not. I'm not. Yeah. You know, yeah it, no. I think yeah. it's better to, to get an idea of where, what they think that word means before you just say, you know, blanketed, i yes, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel that's a, yeah. that's a better conversation than just saying yes to the word.
1: Right. Well, and then when you said, you know, you're not interested necessarily in persuading people, although you are, <laughs> but you're, that's not maybe the, maybe that's not the, like the upfront goal. Um, but do you find it as important to provide a voice then for people who often don't have one to let them know, Hey, there's, there's some, there's people on your side here. Like we, we, we think about providing some sort of, ally for lack of a better word you know
0: yeah I mean that's the posts that those are the posts that get the most vehement reaction as well as the most positive reactions from people mm-hmm. and and there there are always posts about women by bipoc um, mm-hmm. you know um, people of color etc and LGbtq plus those are the the three hottest, topics. yeah, And um, I'm a feminist, and I am a friend to LGBTQ people. And, uh, you know, some call me an ally, although, you know, I don't call myself that. Hopefully, they will call, yeah, yeah, it needs to come from them. And then, you know, I I talk a lot about racism and so on. So I'm aware that I'm white, and that I'm male. And live in the Western world and straight, et cetera, et cetera. But these are the hills the church is willing to die on. Yeah. You know, why? It baffles me, but the, the, this is where they're willing to die. Like the Vineyard Church in Canada, for example, last year voted to not be affirming. And, 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 uh, you know, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But um, that's the hill they're willing to die on. And just yesterday, I saw more people leaving the Canadian Vineyard leaders um, because of that—that uh, that they're unwilling to be affirming of queer people. So, yeah, well,
1: it's it's a hill that many of us are, are willing to die on. I think with them, not well, that's Vineyard, where the battle is. but on the other side, you know, where we say, "All right, well, we tried the we tried the tolerance thing," um, but at the end of the day, who the hell wants to be tolerated? Right, right. Um, That's just that's just honestly, some of it's just chicken shit. Yeah, yeah. um, I'll 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 try to couch this in nice terms and not offend anybody. Well, I'm 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 done. You know, I'm 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 way less afraid of offending religious people than I than I am about hurting people that I love, Uh who who would be hurt by my silence. Yeah, and so um, it's time to you know fish or cut bait, however you want to put that, and to like you said, to prioritize human beings over. Whatever, even this is dogma, doctrine. Mm-hmm. Your limited, our limited perceptions of what God likes or doesn't like. Um, but when people are dying, literally, literally causing themselves yeah. harm, um, yeah. living lives that are, you know, full of pain and turmoil and str- Why? Well, all because the, we've told them that God hates them, and uh, we got to stop.
2: Well, it's it's yeah. um, well. First of all, it, it, it goes to apparently what's become one of our catchphrases. Is this this is just bullshit. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, they they don't even take the time, and I and I, I can say they, and that you know, all of us can say they, because we were part of that evangelical movement, right? We were in that. We were in it, and uh, so I feel like I can critique it. Nat can critique it even better yep. than I can because he was in it longer than I was. I was, but they don't even take the time to get to know these people. Right. They don't even take the time to realize that these people are human beings. That deserve love, that deserve acceptance, that deserve every everything that we have as middle aged white yeah. straight men, and to, right. to to not understand our privilege and not understand where we come from is just it's just asinine. I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm getting angry just talking about it, but uh, uh, <laughs> and. There's there's some of us now, you being one. I mean, I'll, I'll repost everything you have that's on LGBTQ or the women's movement or the BIPOC because I mean it's it's so spot on every single time. And we as middle aged white straight men, the best we can do is just speak up and say enough is enough, yes. and it's time yeah, yeah. for us to to give them the space to speak, right? give them the space to explain to us their hurt and their pain and to believe them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and to not belittle what they, what they're saying and to say, yeah. well, yeah, but I don't see it. And, you know, in my circle, I don't see it. Well, that's because your circle is a bunch of white dudes. Of course you don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, so in, end of my soapbox moment. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> soapbox is, uh, have, have we removed John soapbox? All right. Um, I got a question for you from my uh, from one of our other friends, Jonathan Wilson. Um, I told these guys I'd give him a shout out. Woo, woo Jonathan Wilson in our Facebook group who asked to know, what do you do when you get um, when your cartoons get a negative response from people who are close to you, or do you get negative responses from people who are close? I mean, haters gonna hate, whatever. Right. right. But is it especially difficult when you know maybe it's somebody in your family?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I've gotten that. Yeah, and uh, it hurts. But I, my, my family's more conservative <laughs> than I am, and uh, you know, I've gotten anger or dismay, you know, from from my family, and I just like uh, go back to work. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, uh, I was just I'm I'm trying to write a post about how to how to deal with family when you're deconstructing because that's a lot of people's struggle. And, um, one of the, one of the things that I am trying to convey is I, I don't have to let them control me anymore. Like I, when I grew up, I was the firstborn of five kids and very strong father. Um, um, he was a cop and, uh, you know, disciplined and authoritarian and everything. And, um, you know i was i grew up expected to believe a certain way and behave a certain way and i i was pretty compliant on the outside but inside i was in an independent thinker and um very curious etc so eventually i i got to the place where i could come out theologically and um be who i am now in in front of my family and you know not just my birth family, but my, you know, aunts and uncles and everybody. And, uh, you know what, they they just have to deal with me. <laughs> that's not my, you know, it's not my problem. I know it's hard to say that and sure. to live that, but it I am me. This is who I am. It's your problem, right. if, if you don't know how to handle me. So, right. uh, but I'll do my best to make it as easy as possible for you, but I'm not going to Change shapes right. just just for you. Nah. So, but that you know, it took me a while. I mean, I'm I'm not young. It took me a while to to get to that place of uh, of being out in the open with the way I I, I think. So, that when I when I hear from uh, you know a family member who are shocked or dismayed or angry, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, well this this is the hand you were. <laughs> Yeah, when you so, got me as a son or a brother, you know.
1: <laughs> it's like, so. I know, we can either deal with this or or not, right? Yeah. I mean, John and I both have pretty conservative family members as well. And um, yeah. I don't get as much pushback because I'm 2,000 miles away. So I can do and say what yeah, I want. Yeah, I'm far and, away too. And John gets the, you know, the full ration of crap sometimes <laughs> that comes along with being a, you know, a heretic and a blasphemer or whatever he is. Um, John, you're on Greece skids to hell, buddy.
0: Are, John, are you close to your family? Is is that what that means? I mean, like geographically? Oh, yeah, yeah, I
2: live. Um, I, I live up in the up in the mountains east of uh, the west coast. I'm on the west coast in California. Uh, so, oh, cool. True, true northern California. So I'm up in a uh, outside of a town called Eureka. Yeah, about 35 minutes east up in the hills. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 Within driving distance of just a few minutes of my Uh parents, uh, my sister, um, uh, aunts, and uncles who are close. So yeah, quite quite a big, you know, quite a large group of my family lives in this area. Um, And Nat, I mean, up until he he wisely left, (laughs) uh, (laughs) was close too. Yeah. But I I I was just going to say I'm absolutely loving some of the Instagram posts you put on with just just the comment that you have, like some of the detractors, yeah, yeah. and you just leave yeah. it there. And it's just like the hate that they drop is is enough. You don't need to respond to it. You don't need to comment yeah. on it. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it, you kind of remind me of uh, Matthew DeStefano and in, in his way of just kind of like owning some of this, like just pure unadulterated yeah. hate for what yeah. you do. Yeah, the
0: malice, that's a good word. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I had to figure out a way to alchemize yeah. mm-hmm. that into something good. So yeah, now I, sure. I make these graphics with the negative comment. Like uh, this one of them was like, uh, I forget. I forget some of them, but one was like, "This is some hot garbage or something." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a hot garbage right here. Yeah, and uh, hot trash or what? I can't remember, but. So I make a post out of it and I put their name too, because sure. if they, they're posting they're it publicly it, right? on my, right. oh yeah, they, it's, it's not secret. They didn't do it, send it to me privately. They posted it publicly on my posts yeah. and that's their comment. So, you know, I make a little pretty graphic out of it and people get a <laughs> kick out of it. It's, 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 it's fun. You know, I've got another one to put up later tonight. So <laughs> oh, great. I'm um, looking forward to that. Very funny they're funny that it it, it reminds
1: me of judo you know i mean it's like spiritual judo all right go ahead yeah yeah. your worst and i will just turn your crap against you and knock you on the ground with it so and like john said he doesn't it doesn't require any further comment than the self-condemnation that is this ugly vitriol that yeah like why like in the name of christ why would you why would you do that
0: yeah yeah like um some of them are like, I can't wait for God to burn your ass, you know? Oh, like, man, you know. like,
1: yeah, hashtag what? stuff Jesus would say.
0: <laughs> what the, what the, I, never, I never heard that line in Evangelism 101. I, I don't like, either.
1: Was it one of the Beatitudes? <laughs> Blessed are those who are heretics, so they shall have their ashes burned. <laughs> I mean, something like that.
0: I just got to be. Uh, uh, man. Yeah.
1: If I if I don't ask Kelly's question, she's going to get on to me. So Kelly Hall, okay. and my, one of my dear dear friends, asked if uh, if a lot of your cartoons maybe are are inspired by uh, what does she say by your own experience or things that are happening or that you you know you see in your world. But she also asked a second part, which I thought was cool, which is was there a subject matter you wouldn't illustrate? Is there something that's like taboo, off topic? Or
0: I, I have a disclaimer. I have a disclaimer on my site that any of the cartoons I've drawn are never. Ever of somebody's personal story that they've told me or whatever, gotcha. never, right. okay. ever, I ever. Like that. It's always it's always from my own personal story, or it's universally true. Everybody knows this has happened to so many people. Right. Oh, I gotcha. never, if somebody confides in me, I I am I am a I am a locked vault when it comes to people sharing their stories with me. Good, I love um, that. and I never ever cartoon about that or talk about that unless they give me permission. Um, yeah. so no, uh, nobody has to worry about that. If you share your story with me, I'm not going to make it, you're not going to see it in a cartoon the next day. I promise you. Yeah. Uh, I just don't do that. Um, are there, but so a lot of them are from my own journey. I've been in the church, I had been in the church for decades. Uh, I've seen abuse. Yeah, I've, for sure. I've participated in it. Um, I've been abused. I I believe stupid things. I've seen stupid things. I got I got a, a I got a it's like the matrix that arsenal of of weapons yeah. of of things I've seen to cartoon about. Uh, it's never ending. Yeah. And so yeah, that's where all that comes from. And and almost everybody who sees the cartoon wasn't while somebody'll say not all churches or you know I've never seen a church like that. And I'm like, holy smokes, you get out much? Yeah, because yeah, right. seriously, this is kind of rampant. Yeah, This is yeah. epidemic. Some things I are taboo for me now, mostly. I might break this once in a while. I used to go after um, celebrity pastors or so on that were doing or saying stupid things yeah. or, or abusive things or whatever. I would actually cartoon about different so-called Christian leaders or whatever. I, I don't do that so much anymore. Even even uh, I cartooned a little bit about Trump now and then when I, I was angry enough or whatever. But I, I, I try not to do that as much anymore because uh, I try to be more general in, in my cartoons so that it's universally universally applicable so that somebody can't say, Oh yeah, well that's so-and-so that's not anybody else or me. That's just that one thing. So I try to avoid that because boy, the pain that I've gone through and other people have gone through who, um, have, um, been retaliated against by so-called leaders and so on. Um, it's, it's ugly. It's really, really ugly. So I just, I, I feel I've got enough to do without doing that. No, I,
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, essentially, the, the sec you put a name to something, like you said, you've kind of narrowed it down to a to a very particular audience, and you've invited some silliness that you probably don't need.
0: Yeah, there was, uh, there was a time, a period of time, when I was kind of like a political cartoonist where they would satirize a certain politician or whatever. Yeah. I would do that with certain leaders I felt were being really harmful or idiotic or or whatever. And, you know, they were entertaining, and they were kind of like that political cartoon but religious cartoon, that same kind of application. But the pain wasn't worth it. Yeah. Because it's nasty out there. It It really really is nasty out there. I
1: mean, it's it's funny because I I run across people like you who are just genuinely – Seemingly so kind, and and there's other people like Brad Jurczak, who I you know Paul Young, and others that we've talked to, who are genuinely nice people. And to find out that they have detractors and haters is always just shocking to me.
0: (laughs) And we're all Canadian,
1: and you are all. Wait a minute, that's it. We're just jealous. I think so. I think so. (laughs) I I think we're just jealous. I know I'm jealous. I (laughs) I, I have had the uh, I've had the the pleasure of visiting Canada once, and I desperately want to go back um I have friends there i need to go see um when all this covid crap is over um we're going back um i've got friends in hamilton and up near toronto and and i really want to get back to my hometown there. toronto um so yeah it's a uh, it's yeah i think you're right i think we're jealous of the canadians that general sense of just niceness uh we don't trust because we're americans and darn it. We just, we work differently. But, um, when you mention that some people say that they sort of come back with this, when you make a sort of general statement about the church and they go, well, that's not been my experience. I've never seen that. Um, right. That, that bugs me so much these days. Cause we'll make, we'll make statements like that too. And I have people who were like, you know, I've been in my church my whole life. I've never once heard that. And I'm like, you, where have you been? Like, oh my gosh, this is uh, this is crazy. So it's time for the church to own their stuff, yeah, um, or get out of the way. Honestly, I mean, I, and I'm of two minds on the whole thing. I think the church is salvageable in some form. I just don't think it's salvageable in its current form. Um, I think we, I think we absolutely need to rethink, reimagine um, what what it is we are here for, or get the hell out of the way and let some people, somebody else, do this. You know? Well,
0: I, th- I think I, I'm kind of there too what what i think this is my view is that when you talk about the, the the big categories like religion or church or christianity we can't put our money on those horses anymore but there are there are churches out there striving to be healthy yeah
2: yeah for there sure there are
0: good pastors out there striving to be good pastors yeah and and good teachers and um you know affirming churches and so on so it, it's almost like we invest in and we look for those places where people are working hard to to be good yeah I, I that's what I that's what I conclude now like I give up on religion and give up on the church and give up on Christianity um, as movements and as institutions and so on they just are what they are they're they're a part of creation. They're creatures. Um, you know, principalities and the powers yeah. ha- have a lot of influence in those realms. And, but I, I'm interested in that pastor or that church or, you know, this, this book or, or, you know, whatever. I think that's where we need to be focused on.
1: I agree, and you're right. There are people out there who are who are trying to do that, and they deserve all all the support they can get. So, um, when John and I critique or talk about the church, I, I, like I said, I'm still in it. Um, I'm, they'll drag me kicking and screaming from from the little tiny church that I have, have the pleasure to lead and try and you know do things differently. But um, but that's where we are, man. At the end of the day, if it's not about human beings, if it's not about human connection, if it's not about letting people find. Their place in the world, you know, where they feel uh-huh. where they feel validated and right. valued. Then I don't know. Otherwise, the church has, has ceased to to have any meaning. But when John and I critique the church, that's what we mean. You know, we uh, we look at the at the institution and the structure of right. it, and the ways in which those sort of nameless, faceless yeah things they, they do harm unchecked. They've right. got to be kept checked. Like Walter Winks, the principalities and the powers. You know, like that whole take of. We've got to be on guard against these things or they will run amok. Uh, yeah. So
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And guys like you, dude, are doing it. Um, I think it's a good place to try and wrap this up, John. Um, because guys like the guys like the naked pastor here. Um <laughs> the fully clothed, naked pastor. <laughs> yeah. um, very, that's what, very PG. But that's what dissidence is. That's what being a fly in the ointment is. That's what that, you know, someone who's willing to sort of Don Quixote out there and tilt windmills and say, I will throw myself body and soul into this thing um, for whatever change um, I can make come about. And so that's why I appreciate guys like you um, who are, you know, putting it on the line. And uh, doing it so well, man, doing it so well. We appreciate you. Um, people need to definitely connect with you on your website. They need to buy your art, buy his art. Yeah, um, Support a struggling artist in Canada. Come on, man. Maple syrup's expensive. <laughs> the guy needs your help. Um, Molson ain't cheap. What else y'all got up there? P- poutine. That's some good stuff. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, nakedpastor.com. I highly recommend prints of whatever you like I've got them hanging in my church I love them um originals if you if you want one I'm actually about to commission a piece from you I think I need to commission something for our church that would represent who we are as uh, as the open table so cool um but anyway so so yeah I want to collaborate with you on so I think it'd be a lot of fun but um yeah man just unbelievably great conversation um Unbelievably great stuff that you're doing, and I'm running out of adjectives to describe you adequately. So I just leave it at awesome.
0: Thank you, I I really appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. And say hi to your, uh, I, I, you know, say goodbye to all your uh, listeners out there, but also say hi to your Facebook group for me. Absolutely,
1: yeah, we will. uh, Man, they will appreciate you, and I know we've we've posted your stuff in there before, and everyone just, man, they everyone loves it. It's uh, it's just like I said, it's it's always good to just spark a conversation and see. Like, like, what do you think about that? You know what I mean? Right. So cool. Um, anyway, we appreciate you, man. We're going to go ahead and sign off. This is John and Nat awesome. Turney. Uh, this has been, this is not church. That's tough to say, John. <laughs> this has been, this is not, this will be. No, this has been, <laughs> this is not church with our good friend, the, the naked pastor, David Hayward. We will see you guys next time. And for all, and for, hey, I have to do this for Jonathan Wilson, too, because he's the first one who said he thinks I sound like uh, Matthew McConaughey. So, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) That's for you, Jonathan. All right, peace out. Thank you for listening to This Is Not Church. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on your platform of choice. If you would like to partner with us, visit patreon.com slash thisisnotchurch where you will receive exclusive content such as early access to episodes, videos of upcoming episodes, and live Q&A sessions. Be sure to check out our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another episode.